You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. I'm really going to have to start going to daily shows the way things are going. Uh, got good reason to go ahead and start doing that, I suppose. Got some bad news at the start, uh, beginning of this month. Uh, lost the remainder of radio stations that rebroadcast the show. Uh, the last one was KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority. It officially went off air on October 3rd. So that was yesterday. Got that email, terrible news. Had lost two others. Uh, got email saying that the uh, 1st of October was going to be their last broadcast day. Uh, 
it's it's sad. It's a sign of the times. Uh, what has transpired is two of those three stations have been sold and will be reformatting, moving away from talk radio. And the other is under current IRS investigation scrutiny, uh, the owner slash programming director of that independent station swears to me, and I believe him, quite honestly, that uh, he's being targeted because he puts a lot of conservative voices on the air. And uh, he looks for strong conservative voices, and he looks for people that are willing to say the things that most of the folks that are on regular terrestrial radio uh, as opposed to the independent route, uh, they're just not willing to say because they're afraid of upsetting certain people. Well, I I, I believe it. I believe that that's firmly part of it. And part of what I believe that, part of why I do, it has a lot to do with some of the stories we're going to be talking about today. So, i got a lot of stuff to cover. Before I jump into that, though, I do want to say that there is still one more platform uh, that is rebroadcasting the show, other than all the podcast platforms, and that is The Last Frequency. And uh, I'm certainly glad to be uh, to be part of that group and uh, very proud of my association with them. And uh, hopefully things will continue to do well over there. And uh, shout out to Michael Vera and uh, everything he's doing uh, with that platform. And thanks particularly to the crazy Cajun, a.k.a. Doug, uh, who continues to make sure that my show uh, is aired over there as it becomes available. And we will just need to take a look at things over there. But uh, certainly appreciate all the listeners over there, folks like uh, Arizona Antihero. Uh, pops to mind, one of the most loyal listeners to this show uh, that I see over there in the chat rooms uh, when I had the opportunity to check it out. But uh, it was kind of sad because earlier this year, I was firmly expecting to be uh, adding three new outlets, uh, one new radio station and two uh, digital networks. And things just did not go that way. Uh, it uh, is very disappointing because now I'm back down essentially to just being a podcaster. I don't get to call myself a radio talk show host uh, anymore. Uh, because as much as I like The Last Frequency and uh, appreciate everything they do, they are a digital platform, uh, not a radio station. Uh, it is the remains of a radio station uh, that also ran into difficulties. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, not a fun, it's not a fun thing. Here I am feeling like we literally went from a situation where the show was growing, we were getting a larger audience, and then those growths just disappeared. And it's through no fault of my own. You know, it's no fault of their own either. These are tough economic times, and radio has always been brutal to try to be profitable. That's why the larger networks uh, tend to do better. That's why most people that own radio stations try to own multiples so that they can balance uh, kind of the same mentality for opening a franchise restaurant. You never want to open just one. Uh, you're going to need to be able to count on 
uh, one to help carry the others when uh, times get lean and uh, you know you just hope for the best these economic times and the targeting of conservatives by this this regime don't even want to call them an administration anymore I, a regime is probably the nicest way to put it but uh you know it's it's just disappointing and i wanted to share that with you guys just because it it really does hurt and I do hope that those of you that were loyal listeners over at KYAH will come find the podcast, one of the many great platforms where you can find it, or will start visiting The Last Frequency and uh, listen to the show there. All right, let's 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 get into today's discussions. I got a lot of stuff to cover, and I really don't have enough time to cover it all anyway. If I just skip the intros and jump right in and go... Uh, right out the gate. So just going to do the best I can. And I may go ahead and do bonus stuff. Uh, and it just be bonus for the podcast listeners, uh, the podcast listening audience only. And if that ends up being the case, I would heavily encourage the folks listening at the last frequency to track the podcast down. Uh, I don't foresee doing a full extra hour. So <laughs> as it's not like we'd be able to easily format it to throw in an extra hour somewhere over there. So if we do that, just let's go. wanted to start off with something that's not quite as important on the grand scheme. Uh, Billy Eichner, who is an actor, not one that was particularly well Reversed in, uh, hadn't seen a lot of his stuff. Evidently, uh, got his start, his big movement into what passes as fame in Hollywood these days by being part of the HBO series Girls, or uh, the Lena Dunham series, whatever that was. And uh, yeah, he put out a new movie. I'm sure a lot of you had seen the commercials because they had a huge advertising budget. Huge promotional budget. The name of the movie was Bros. This, of course, was supposed to be a gay romantic comedy. Now, in and of itself, it's like, okay, you did the pitch meeting. You got the the studio to sign off on it. You got this huge budget. You made the movie you wanted to make good for you. But it's kind of tanked. It hasn't done very well. And for some strange reason, uh, Billy can't seem to to figure out why there would be such a struggle in trying to be profitable with a so-called romantic comedy uh, involving gay men. It's just so hard to figure. He just doesn't understand it. It's such a funny movie. It's such a great comedy. It's just so awesome. So his idea, his thought, his belief is that the reason it tanks is because so much of America is still homophobic. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's your fault. It's my fault. It's all of our faults because we didn't just run to the theaters and throw our money at the a ticket master and demand more tickets than we had people going with us to watch this movie because clearly, at least according to Rolling Stone magazine, it is one of the greatest comedies of this decade, possibly this century. Now, I wouldn't know because I haven't seen it. 
I've seen a lot of the same trailers that a lot of you guys have seen, and like a lot of you guys, obviously, I simply chose not to go. Now, to be fair, I don't make my way to the theaters very often these days anyway. Not not really in the budget. And yes, I I have a budget, like a lot of you, that's currently, well, we'll diplomatically say, it's been stressed. It's barely hanging on. It's literally about to burst, explode, become worthless and meaningless, largely due to Bidenflation. Again, like a lot of you. But for those of you that are still out there doing well enough that you've got some disposable income and you do go to the movies, you do go to the theaters, and you guys, a lot of you didn't go see this movie either. But you know what? I'm sorry, Billy, but it kind of seems to me like maybe you ignored some of the basic fundamental rules of movie making. Uh, number one, know your audience. Uh, that allows you to make a movie that tells the story that you want to tell that is directed towards the group of people that you want to reach. And in doing so, you should probably affect, uh, choose a genre to tell the story of yours, which is most likely going to reach the people you want to reach. Now, this movie may be extremely well done. It may be way funnier than what it actually looks like uh, from the trailers. It may actually make all kinds of really good commentary about how hard it is as a gay man in America not to just constantly be involved with multi-partner gay orgies, because evidently that's a big part of what this movie is about. But he's all about how it's just, just plain and simple, America being homophobic. See, here's the problem, though. First, you made a romantic comedy, right? So you're making a romantic comedy. Who normally goes to see romantic comedies? Okay. Straight women. That's the group. That's the largest amount. These are the people that typically go to rom-coms. Did you do a very good job of targeting those folks? I'm going to have to bust your bubble if you think the answer is yes, because... You did not. These women that go to the rom-coms, they don't want to see guys getting it on with other guys. They want to see the the girl be the, the romantic, delting hero who's jilted but has to find a way to, to find that right guy. I mean, that's the genre. It was created specifically to tell those stories. You know who else? You know, straight guys, they don't they don't like rom coms generally. Now I will say I've seen one or two that I didn't just flat out hate, but there's still a ton of movies that I would have rather watched, including uh <laughs> I would rather have sat and watched the original Terminator for the nine hundredth time than to watch most rom coms, even the ones that I'm kind of okay with. I don't think that's an unusual thing. So if two of the largest groups of people that typically go to movies 
are not part of your target audience, you've already lost your biggest opportunities to make cash. Your biggest opportunities to be a big ticket draw, right? You're sitting here and you're like, okay, we're not making this movie for straight men because they don't like romantic comedies, generally speaking. We're not making this for straight women because they want a romantic comedy that's based on uh, women finding the right man after disaster after disaster, whatever that may be, blah, 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 blah. You're certainly not targeting lesbians because lesbians don't care what gay men are doing. So you've narrowed yourself down to an extremely small market. And then, then you have the nerve to be upset that an overwhelming number of people outside of that target group didn't also show up and say, hey, yeah, this was great. Billy, you're, you're, missing, you're missing the whole point of knowing your audience. The percentage of gay men, based on the total population of the United States, is relatively small. Now, I know, if you just watch normal television or watch a woke movie these days, due to their social engineering efforts, you might think it's closer to half of the country is gay and half of the country isn't. Or maybe even, depending on like whether or not you're watching the CW or something, you might actually think 75% of the country is either gay or bi. But uh, at the end of the day, that's still not true. You've narrowed yourself down to a very tiny minority of people that would find interest in this movie. And what makes it worse is the idea of the romance in this movie comes from the potential of possibly being uh, monogamous for up to three weeks or up to three months or some very ridiculously short range amount of time. Not finding true love, not finding... Uh, the answer to your romantic problems after so long, not being put in a situation that's utterly ridiculous and then accidentally falling in love when you do, but just, well, maybe or maybe not, we'll give up having gay orgies just because we've decided kind of like this guy. Not exactly the most heroic and impactful of stakes for a movie of any kind. But, you know, I'm just going to point out a few more things before transitioning to a more important topic. You want to say that there's no market for content that shows gay men being gay. I would point towards Brokeback Mountain, which has a explicit sex scene in the movie, and still did very well in the box office. Um, The Birdcage showed a lot of gay people being very gay, and was very popular, very well received. You could even go so far back as to look at Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, which laid out the struggle of being gay during the the first onset of AIDS when nobody had an idea of how this was. Tons 
of dollars came to the the freaking movie, to all the theaters that aired the movie. They didn't have to be concerned about the gay content because they did a fantastic job of telling the story. And maybe, just maybe, Billy, maybe that's the problem. Maybe, despite your big budget and your big effort to try and make the big sell, maybe it just didn't do as good of a job as you thought. Maybe you're not as funny as you thought it was. Maybe. Maybe it's not America that is still homophobic. Maybe you're just not very good at making movies. Just a thought. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break while we are at this point. I know it's a little early. Uh, give me a chance to catch my breath, and from there, we will jump headlong into a couple of major stories. And I've got multiple aspects to just two basic stories tonight. You guys, don't go anywhere. I will be right back after this brief break. Come on, man. All men and women created by gold. You know the, you know the thing. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. I got hairy legs. In what looks like rational self-interest, Italy's voters give a resounding thumbs down to the totalitarian European political elites. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Congratulations are in order for Giorgia Maloney, leader of the Brothers of Italy party that won the most votes in Italy's recent national elections and is now Italy's first woman premier. The center-right coalition leader declared, quote, we defend God, country, and family. Giorgia Maloney's campaign was built on opposition to leftist gender ideology and the LGBT lobby alongside support for strong borders and the end to limitless mass migration, which brought much destruction, much like the massive illegal border crossing problem we, the people, are experiencing here in the United States. The election of Giorgia Maloney in Italy has sent shockwaves, and much of the leftist European Union controlled Europe with the exception of Great Britain clutching their pearls as they are gasping in political tailspins. The vice president of the European Parliament, Carlina Barley, a socialist democrat, denounced Maloney's affiliations with Hungary's leader, Viktor Orban, and President Donald Trump. Congratulations, Italy, on your quest for liberty. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Ours is the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government and with three little words, we the people. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the drivers. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our Constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. 
constitutional grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. My name's Joe Biden. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> Joe Brandon, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he has made clear that uh, uh, lots of walk around the world to ease my trouble. No, I'm not thanking you. No, no. I promise you. The president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Before we jump back into the action, though, I want to take this brief opportunity to, well, you know, Try to sell you something, basically. You'll find a link in today's show description that will take you directly to the page over at Diamond CBD for LT Pain Master. We're talking about the brand of CBD creams and topicals that are the only CBD-derived products that are approved to carry the name of the NFL Hall of Famer Lawrence Taylor. This is made to tackle the toughest aches and pains, and Mr. Taylor has crafted a line of high-quality products that were developed with athletes in mind. LT Pain Master is specifically formulated to help athletes aches and pains from high intensity activities in sports so you know it'll work for you if you are not an athlete or if you are so with that being said just follow the link in the show description it will take you there and while you're there look around the rest of diamond cbd's webpage and see what else you can find all kinds of cbd products along with some other things that you know, you'll have to check out for yourself. Uh, that is LT, as in Lawrence Taylor, LT Pain Master. Uh, follow that link today, or you can visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com, and click one of the banners that shows the LT Pain Master uh, picture. Uh, you'll have it there. Okay, uh, the Democratic Party, in particular, the Biden administration, current ongoing they don't give a rip about kids they've made it pretty clear they do not care about kids they do not care about young adults they want you to be able to murder children they want you to trans the children they do not want people like me saying to you hey maybe we shouldn't trans the kids hey maybe we shouldn't be going around murdering pre-born baby humans they don't like that. You got leftist groups now out here literally calling on the DOJ to track down people like me simply for saying, hey guys, um, maybe this isn't a good idea. And that's literally where this started for me. I literally started with, hey guys, 
maybe we ought to think about this before we do it. And now I'm getting angrier and angrier, not just because of the fact that they want to silence me, because they've wanted to shut me up for a long time. I've kind of gotten used to that. My voice, I would think, is insignificant in comparison to some of the larger folks that are out there with the bigger platforms that are doing a phenomenal job, whether you're looking at Sean Hannity, whether you're looking at Dan Bongino, whether you're looking at somebody like um, I don't know, Matt Walsh. Or any of the folks over at the Daily Wire. Yeah, these folks, anybody over at the Blaze. A ton of folks out there, much bigger footprint than me. But even I am too much of a threat for these people. They want to squash me on social media. They want to destroy radio stations that would rebroadcast this. Who knows who they'll come after next. But this isn't just about me being whiny about me. This is about what the Biden administration is currently doing to demonstrate their lack of care about children. And I've got a couple of great brand new examples of exactly that. So forgive me as I, as the kids say, bring the receipts. It would appear that the Secretary of Education for the Biden regime during a White House event on Tuesday, that happens to be today, if you're listening to the show on the same day I broadcast it. By the way, Time of the Live broadcast happens to be October 4th, 2022. Uh, I want to give a shout out, actually. I mentioned the date. Uh, don't know if she's listening, but uh, happy birthday to Kimberly Logan Tap. Uh, yeah. Hope you're having a great uh, birthday. Hope it's your best one yet. Anyway, uh, the Secretary of Education, you know, somebody whose job really shouldn't exist at all because we do not need a Department of Education at the federal government. Uh, it, it is a bad idea. We need to do away with it. But at a White House event on Tuesday, uh, it basically came forward and said that college students needed to have access to the murder of pre-born baby humans. It just simply has to be available in order for them to be successful in life. Yes, that's right. Miguel Cordona believes that in order for college students to be successful, they have to be able to murder pre-born baby humans. He did. He made these comments during the second meeting of the administration's task force on reproductive health care. Uh, nice little way of putting it. Very euphemistic and very optimistic in the sounding, too. Reproductive health care. Because they can't call it what it is. If you call this what it is, murder of preborn baby humans, then it kind of gets a little trickier to make the case, doesn't it? So we have to use euphemisms. Reuters reported that the meeting centered around how some women, quote, cannot access abortion services, uh, along with other issues surrounding the issue of reproduction, or the fact that they simply want to condone illicit immoral acts that might lead to reproduction without having the consequence of reproduction. Uh, they want to use abortion as just another form of contraception. Except the problem is, life has begun. 
Anyway, back to quoting here uh, from Cardona. As he sat right beside Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. barely there Beijing Biden, he said, quote, As I share your grave concerns about maintaining access to contraception and reproductive health services on our college campuses and ensuring there's accurate and reliable information for students and educators, students need access to health care to thrive in school and in life, and that includes reproductive health care. Now, isn't it funny how through the use of euphemism, they can actually say something that means something the complete opposite of what they're actually meaning? I mean, you caught that, right? They made a statement that nobody could deny. Students need access to health care to thrive in school. Okay, well, uh, and particularly if the student doesn't have particularly great health, then they might need more access to health care. But yes, no matter what they're doing or what their lifestyle is, how active or inactive, because, I mean, let's face facts, if you're an athlete, chances of you getting scrapes, bruises, strains, and breaks, uh, they're common. Uh, fortunately, they're still young enough to bounce back quickly, but they're going to need access to health care. Who's going to say, oh, no, students don't need health care? Nobody's going to say that. So at that point in the statement, it sounds completely legitimate. And then when you say that includes reproductive health care, you know, if you were actually talking about reproductive health care, like I need to be able to keep all my bodily systems and functions operating, that also would still be true. But we're not talking about actual health care here, are we? In fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of the ending of a life activity. It's a situation where these folks have gotten themselves involved in an activity, and then all of a sudden there's a new reproduct uh, <laughs> a new repercussion because there's a new life. And that actually is what reproductive health is. Reproductive health means making sure that the mother and the baby stay healthy during the reproductive cycle. So what you're actually pushing for is the opposite of what you're calling it. Nothing new for the folks in D.C., especially the leftists, but uh, let's face facts. It's not like people with an R at the end of their name haven't also engaged in misnaming bills that become laws and things of that nature. But I digress. Back to uh, quoting from our Secretary of Education said, quote, thank you also to Vice President Harris. In August, we met with college leaders grappling with new sweeping restrictions to their states. Our work together is ongoing. It's clear the Dobbs ruling has shown, shown fear and confusion on our college campuses. Uh, sown as in sowed, as in uh, reap what you sow kind of uh, deal. I know the enunciation on that's probably uh, confusing. And if you didn't hear him, I just want to make that uh, clear. Anyway, during this meeting, 
Joseph Biden at Robin at, Joseph Robin at Biden Jr. Saying now I'm starting to maybe I need to, to take a break. I'm starting to talk like Joe. Joseph Robin at Biden Jr. He urged colleges not to add additional restrictions on students, saying, quote, My message to any other colleges considering enacting policies like this, uh, bring me my pudding. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He said, don't. Please don't. Now, what exactly is it that he thinks these colleges are doing? If there are new restrictions being put in place on college campuses, it is to become in line with the state laws that are being passed within those states now that the decision to regulate the murder of preborn baby humans has went back where it was always supposed to be, to the states. And since most colleges and universities operate within the state system, they are required by law, if they wish to continue to remain both financed and accredited, to follow the law of the state. Now, if they want to go above and beyond what the law requires, that's strictly up to them. And, okay, Joe, you can beg and plead with them all you want to about don't go any further than what the state demands. but. Is that really what you were saying here? Please don't. Don't do what the state law requires. Well, yeah, clearly these people don't care. Anyway, Biden continued in his typical Biden fashion. Folks, what century are we in? No, that was a legitimate question. He didn't know what time it was. <laughs> no, he really did ask. Folks, what century are we in? What are we doing? I respect everyone's view on this personal decisions they make. But my Lord, we're talking about contraception here, are you? I mean, see, again, they want you to treat the murder of pre-born baby humans as just another form of contraception. That's literally Biden letting the cat out of the bag. They keep denying it. Oh, no, this isn't what we say. Well, then how in the hell did we get from safe, rare, and legal to shout your abortion if you didn't intend this all along. Of course, you know, we've got Biden, uh, got the clip, I'll play it here in a minute, uh, basically saying uh, how he thinks that uh, they should be working to limit the number of abortions. Of course, this was from a few years back. Biden also continued in this little claim, it shouldn't be that controversial but this is what it looks like when you start to take away the right of privacy. But that's not what this is, Joe, and you damn well know it. This isn't about privacy. This is about the sanctity of life, something that you, as a practicing Catholic, are supposed to know a great deal about. Someone like yourself getting up there in years should probably be spending more time reading the Bible, getting more familiar with the fact that you got some stuff to atone for. I mean, don't get me wrong, we all do. We've all got something we got to, to atone for, to ask for forgiveness for. But you are literally piling up the list higher and higher as you're getting closer and closer to those pearly gates, my brother. 
It shouldn't be that controversial. It's not that controversial. It's just a bunch of you leftists want to pretend like somehow you had a right for 50 years because the, con the freaking Supreme Court incorrectly ruled something on a basis that didn't even make sense to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, someone who wanted abortion available on demand, but said, um, this is from a strictly jurist point of view. Crap. And for you to sit there, by the way, I can't let this go without pointing it out, for you to say that you respect everyone's view? No, it's pretty obvious you only respect the people's view who agrees with you. Like a lot of other people that have stuck a D at the end of their name. Like a lot of other people that are working for your administration. Like a lot of other people that are roaming around trying to tell us that we are the crazy ones because we want to stand up for the defenseless new lives that have just been created, regardless of how. They need a voice, too. But you want to attack those of us who would speak up for them. You want to silence those of us who would speak up for them. You want to arrest, jail, bully, intimidate those of us who would stand up and stay with conviction that the unborn, the pre-born baby humans that were created through acts that are not illegal, that way we're covering the incest and rape, yeah, those are pretty much illegal everywhere. They have a right to exist as well. I don't care how you define your clump of cells, red herring argument. We're all just a clump of cells by your definition. We never stop being just a clump of cells. Of course, you're denying, completely ignoring the spark of uh, the divine that exists within all of us. But hey, that's your, your prerogative. At the end of this press conference, Biden appeared to be annoyed by reporters who were trying to ask him questions as they were being shuffled out of the room. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to talk to your people. Among the only press in the world that does this, Biden smirked as his staff talked over reporters. Seriously? So, you know, that was just it. He didn't want to take any questions, didn't want to give up any answers. And as a result, completely unrelated, actually, but as a result, I'm going to say, we also saw the announcement from Planned Parenthood that guess what? They are going to try and be helpful. They're deploying a 37-foot abortion RV, and they're going to put it close to red state borders. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Planned Parenthood knows that they're going to be facing severe, severe shortages of their normal sacrifices to Moloch. So, so what they're doing now is they're trying to make it easier for those young women that are living in the red states that are actually saying, you know what, maybe we're going to be a little more selective about how easy we allow the murder of preborn baby humans to be, uh, to be perpetrated. And so... They are going to uh, put 
<laughs> this 37-foot RV, a abortion clinic on wheels uh, on the road in an effort to bring the murder of preborn baby services near the states where they're going to be banning the procedures in general. The president of Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region of the southwest Missouri, uh, speaking to NPR, said that the goal of the mobile abortion clinic would reduce travel times and distances to meet patients at the state border lines. Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest provider of murders of preborn baby humans, will first drive the clinic to the Illinois border which has become a so-called haven for abortions from other parts of the Midwest and the South, places like Missouri, Kentucky, and, praise the Lord, my home state of Tennessee. Quoting here from uh, Ms. Rodriguez, the president of uh, the group here, Ms. Rodriguez said, we are all trying to work together to meet the ex the exponential increase in the number of patients that are traveling from banned states to what we're calling haven states for abortion care. At least they're calling it abortion care and not reproductive health care. Not using the new euphemism, just using the old one. Because let's face facts, just calling it abortion is a bit of a euphemism. Oh, we're just aborting the pregnancy. No, you're murdering a pre-born baby human. That's what you're doing. No matter what the reason, no matter what the rationale, that's still what you're doing. Even when it's the appropriate thing to do, that's still what you are doing. Before the nation's highest court, kicked off the summer session by reversing the landmark decision that had resulted in 63 million murders of preborn baby humans since 1973. Rodriguez was speaking to the Associated Press, said that wait times for those seeking to terminate their pregnancies have gone from an average of four days to two and a half weeks. Wow, that's quite the backlog. According to the Associated Press, Planned Parenthood of Fairview Heights, on the Illinois side of the St. Louis region, said that the clinic had seen a higher than expected rate of abortion patients that increased by 30% since June. More than 340% increase among patients in Missouri and Illinois. Pro-life advocates grieved over Monday's announcement, with the National Right to Life Committee calling the abortion on Will's Clinic another grotesque demeaning of human life. Chemical abortions can lead to life-threatening complications. Will women recognize those complications early enough to seek treatment? Will they be in a position where they can get the kind of medical treatment from these chemically induced abortions after they've left the clinic on wheels, the murder mobiles, 
Representative Mary Elizabeth Coleman, a Republican from Missouri, an ardent anti-abortion advocate, was speaking to the Kansas City Star, said that Planned Parenthood's move, quote, is a desperate move from those that profit from women in crisis. I want every woman in Missouri who is considering abortion to know that Missouri stands ready to help her and her baby. Missouri, of course, has joined 12 other Republican-controlled states to immediately ban abortions following the Supreme Court's decision. And the Kansas City Star reported that Sam Lee, a Jefferson City-based anti-abortion lobbyist, criticized Planned Parenthood in a statement claiming that medically-induced abortions put women at risk of adverse reactions, saying that it is reckless for Planned Parenthood to hand out abortion pills like candy just across the border, since many patients, including minor girls, will end up in hospital emergency rooms in Missouri. Other officials told the Associated Press that the RV clinics, which will include two exam rooms, a lab, and a waiting room to provide medication, um, medication abortions, up to 11 weeks of gestation, would arrive in the St. Louis region by October and should be operational by the end of the year. So following the same protocols that permanent facilities, uh, according to the report from NPR. Uh, officials and patients first take uh, a drug that is designed to induce pregnancy termination, and then patients will take a secondary uh, drug to prevent and treat stomach and uh, other types of ulcers and postpartum bleeding due to poor contractions of the uterus. The abortion provider said that it would start providing surgical abortions inside the RVs after a few months. So they're starting out by handing out pills. They're handing out pills to start with, of which there's going to be little to no follow-up. But they plan on providing the actual surgical interventions Within a few months, which at this point, maybe that means before the end of the year. Maybe it means early next year. But that's if they're allowed to move forward. It's still up to us, ladies and gentlemen, to reel this in, to put a stop to it, because this is absurd. Do we really need murder mobiles roaming around at the state borders between blue and red states just so they can continue to murder babies? Just because they feel like it is their duty, their role, their responsibility. At, well, you know, some of these folks, if they start falling short on their their sacrifices, then all of a sudden the, the dark forces that exist that uh, is feeding their success, they're not going to be happy. Now, while there should be a lot of very, very close attention being paid by the government, both state level and federal level, at how they're going to operate these murder mobiles. That's not where the feds are concerned. The feds are worried about making sure that abortions are readily available for college students because we want them to thrive in life, even if it means someone else must die. But you know who they do need to stop 
well, if you happen to be a pro-life activist that tries to convince young women in crisis to, to go over to a crisis pregnancy center instead and, and find out that there are other options. That, that's something that's got to be stopped. That's why the FBI arrested this Catholic father of seven that we've already talked about, that if you're listening to conservative news outlets, you've heard a lot of people talk about. They arrested this guy at his home. In front of his kids, guns drawn, 15 to 20 agents, and we still don't have an exact number. Acting like they were SWAT, even though they're not. Even though it had been made clear that this gentleman would voluntarily turn himself in, would voluntarily show up in court, and now... The emails have been released. That's another story that's come out today. The Department of Justice notified Mark Hulk, pro-life activist, back on April 27th that he was under investigation for potential violations of the FACE Act. That's Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, which is not something he's guilty of anyway, based on how this started. Possibly an assault charge. Possibly, but there's a reason why the locals refused to prosecute him. He was baited, he was goaded, and then the 70-plus-year-old volunteer that got in this guy's kid's face then flopped. He's a worse actor than LeBron James. Oh, boom. It just fell over. You see that? He charged me. So he's being investigated for a potential violation of the FACE Act. Now, the Federalist has reported that it's obtained emails that show that roughly six weeks later, Thomas More, the Thomas More Society lawyer, Matt Heffron, who's Hulk's attorney, offered to receive the summons on behalf of his cli client should he be charged. This email says, and I'm quoting from it here, I will accept a summons on behalf, oh, I'm sorry, on my client's behalf, rather than put Mr. Hulk and his family through needless disruption. This was in an email that was sent to Assistant U.S. Attorney Anita Eve in a June 9th email. Heffron also mentioned that he had left two phone messages for the federal prosecutors on May 21st and June 7th. Eve did not reply to Heffron until September 23rd in an alleged email notifying him that this morning Hulk was taken into custody by FBI agents and is being transported to the Philadelphia FBI office for processing. Meaning, uh, we know what you've been saying, but we wanted to disrupt Hulk. We wanted to terrify his wife, and his children. We wanted to send chills down the spines of every other would-be sidewalk evangelist. Eve told Heffron in her September 23rd email that the DOJ would ask Magistrate Judge Richard Lawrence for Hoke's release on his own recognizance, secured by a $10,000 bond after being processed by the FBI. 
We want your money. And we want to scare the crap out of everybody else that might stand up against us. A letter from a dozen GOP senators sent to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray last month said that Heffron had told them about the alleged emails, the senators expressed concern about Heffron's allegations, and whether the FBI complied with DOJ's use of force policy. Senators also noted in their letter that Hoke had previously been investigated by Philadelphia police over the incident that resulted in the charges from the DOJ. Hoke shoved a Planned Parenthood volunteer escort back on October 13th of 2021, an incident that occurred nearly a year ago. Philadelphia police declined to arrest or even to recommend prosecution against Hoke over the incident. The clinic volunteer filed a criminal complaint against the pro-life activist, and then, according to uh, the senator's lover, uh, nothing came from that. The volunteer alleged that Hoke had targeted him over his work with the abortion clinic, which is clearly a lie. Hoke said that he had shoved the volunteer because he was harassing his 11-year-old son. 11-year-old then. He's 12 now. A judge ultimately dropped the complaint against Hoke after the volunteer failed to show up for at least two separate court appearances scheduled over the incident. This is not a surprise at this point. And this isn't an accident. This isn't a bug. This is the feature. This is what they're trying to do. Biden wants to target us because we're still willing to stand up to his banana republic regime, period. Wake up, America. Stand up. Let's reset the hour. And uh, hey, Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Union saved the working class. He was raised a red state son to love the flag and own a gun. Warned about the greed within the mass. They met beneath the moonlit sky, a college party drunk and high. And when they had degrees, they said their vows. He couldn't say when. Couldn't say how, couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. They learned to hate the public schools. Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why 
He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west They homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. The USA is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've got to be free The way God made Right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns All the unions always ask for more All we buy is made on foreign shores Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay I've gotta be free The way God made Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and glad to have you along for the ride. I want to give a special shout out once again to the fine folks listening over at the last frequency. Glad to have you guys on board. And a special thanks to everybody who has picked up the listening over at Stitcher.com. Evidently, uh, the show is catching on fire over there again, at least based on the statistics that I'm seeing. Uh, Had a huge level of success over at Stitcher in the early days of the show. And then the numbers kind of dropped and we, we ended up seeing a lot of domination by Spotify when we first showed up there. And, uh, You know, it's just fantastic to see the Stitcher audience returning 
And uh, I think maybe part of it is me sharing the link a little more to the Stitcher audience, kind of reminding some folks that, hey, you know what? I forgot to follow that guy. I kind of forgot about him. And here it is. And yeah, I meant to do that. So uh, let me also remind you, if you are listening to the podcast version of the show, wherever you may be listening to it, uh, please either subscribe or follow, depending on what platform you're on, what it says to do. And if you know somebody you think might enjoy the show too, uh, please don't hesitate to share. Uh, Stuff like that really does help the uh, program, helps get me out in front of more people, which in turn helps to uh, promote the show. And uh, from that promotion, uh, possibly even brings a few more dollars to the show, which helps support it. So uh, it's a simple thing to do that actually doesn't cost you anything. Uh, Also, if you're listening on one of these platforms and you're hearing the ads, please let the ads play. Please listen to the ads. I know they can be annoying, but again, those ad impressions add up to real dollars that helps the show continue. And I know most of you have to be feeling the same financial pain I am. So uh, it seems a small thing to do. If you're enjoying the show enough to listen to it, please help support it by just these few simple things that actually won't cost you a penny more at all. It's just really, really cool. Uh, want to also remind you that uh, if you like the music uh, that do the uh, do on the intros and the outros of the hour, uh, that is nearly always Mr. Matt Fitzgibbon. And uh, what I would like to do is recommend you go check out his work over at PatriotMusic.com. I really should put a link in the show description, uh, but I have so many other self-serving interests that uh, I'll probably put those on there first. But you know what? Nah, Matt's been great to me. And I'll go ahead. I'll try to remember. In fact, I'm making a note right now. Put PatriotMusic.com as the first link in the show description. I will do that right now. See, you can hear me moving my notebook around. PatriotMusic.com. Music.com. At the top. Okay, so I've done that. Now, I started off today's broadcast uh, kind of lamenting the fact that I've lost a major uh, piece of the audience. Lost the flagship. KYAH was the flagship of Tap Into The Truth on terrestrial radio. Had other stations that have come and gone since then. uh, Been part of networks. And it, it... It was all still precipitous on Utah's talk authority. So I do hope that if you are a person that had listened to the show uh, over at KYH, that you have sought me out and you're on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, I I do hope that you guys will continue to listen and continue to be supportive because you were some of the best listeners that I had, some of the most dedicated. Now, I've got some standout folks on some of the other platforms. A few of you I know. I mentioned Arizona Antihero a lot on here. Uh, One of the best, uh, most dedicated listeners over at The Last Frequency. Uh, But there's a few others. I mean, you know who you are, and I do appreciate the interaction on social media with you guys. Uh, but uh, like I said, if you are a listener at KYAH, I hope that you're here listening now. And if you're not yet, I hope you'll find your way over and find one of these great platforms to listen to the show. Now, 
back in hour number one, I also was talking about how the Biden administration and the Democratic Party at the national level altogether, they don't care about kids. They just don't. And I spent the biggest part of the first hour talking about the murder of preborn baby humans and how the Secretary of Education stepped forward and said that, well, college students have to have access. And then how Planned Parenthood has created their 37-foot RV that essentially is a murder mobile. It's going to go around and park close to the state borders for red states so they can provide murder or preborn baby humans to the people living in red states. Well, there's more evidence that if you manage to survive the dastardly machinations of those who wish to murder you uh, in the womb to the point that you're out, they still don't care about you. They want to do all kinds of crazy stuff to mutilate and harm you. Evidence of that made clear, not to mention the fact that a bunch of leftists also expect the federal government to be the thug enforcers for their desires uh, by the fact that the American Medical Association is now trying to uh, trying to push the DOJ into investigating and prosecuting people that call out the gender surgeries online. Yeah, uh, people like me would fall into that category. And you know what? Send them. I, I actually fully expect the FBI to show up at my house anyway at this point. Now, there are some folks they're going to go after first. They've got bigger platforms, bigger audiences. But sooner or later, they're going to make their way down to me. They've already started hitting me on social media like they used to only do to the bigger content folks. And part of that may be because they've rooted out a lot of those bigger names with the bigger audiences. And part of it is also because, again, the reach of the show has been growing. You know, I, I may have lost some of the terrestrial platforms, but we're still rebroadcast on the last frequency, and we're still available on, at least for now, on a majority of podcasting uh, platforms. And we've got an international audience. So, again, the more successful I am, the higher up on their uh, the go get them list <laughs> that, uh, that I'm getting. So it's a double-edged sword. I get to keep talking to you guys that are listening, but uh, that probably comes to an end. At any rate, there were actually three major American medical institutions that wrote a letter to the Biden administration this week urging it to go after major figures online who are promoting content that exposes some of the radical gender surgeries that are being offered at some places across the country. Now, notice the wording here. They're not just saying, oh, we want you to go after the people that are making terrible threats to our people. Now, they'll fall back on that here in a little bit, as you'll see. But that's not their premise here. They want to silence any of us that are standing up and pointing out that what they're doing is actually harmful to kids. That what they're doing is a thumb in the eye to the Hippocratic Oath in lieu of payday, money. Big, and we'll get to that before we're done today, too, because everything for this hour circles around to why physicians have abandoned the do-no-harm mentality in exchange for the hook-em-while-they're-young mentality. At any rate, the American Medical Association, uh, 
the American Academy of Pediatrics, and the Children's Hospital Association, they all three signed this letter to the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, urging the administration to, quote, investigate the organizations, individuals, and entities that it claimed were, quote, coordinating and provoking outrage online directed at those providing the controversial services. So you see, it's not the fault of the individuals that actually are getting upset when they find out the truth. It's the fault of the truth teller. It's my fault if I'm the first person you've heard say, hey, by the way, some of these children clinics are transitioning children under the age of 18, which is kind of the definition of children in this country. You have to be under 18. You're no longer considered a child at 18, even though I know some folks over 40 that probably are still very childish in their behavior. Uh, sign of the times and all. They want all of us with the nerve to stand up and to speak out against them, to be silenced, and to be cudgeled. Quoting here from Christopher Rufo, a fantastic guy doing good work, of the Manhattan Institute's Christopher Rufo, from Boston to Akron, to Nashville, to Seattle. Children's hospitals, academic health systems, and physicians are being targeted and threatened for providing evidence-based health care. These attacks have not only made it difficult and dangerous for institutions and practices to provide this care, they have also disrupted many other services to families seeking care. So see, here uh, Manhattan Institute's Christopher Rufo, just doing fantastic work. Really, just driving the point home that, that people are being targeted because they're doing bad things. Now, the type of targeting he's talking about, yeah, well, okay, uh, there are limits. There are legal limits to the type of targeting that should be permitted if you're going to make terroristic threats then you should expect there will be some kind of repercussion for that. But if you're going to, I don't know, chemically castrate and surgically mutilate children uh, in the name of profitability, uh, then you should expect some type of repercussions for that as well. Now, I would prefer legal repercussions. I would prefer uh, parents not let their children go to any of these places that are engaging in this so that the message gets sent. I would also prefer that states like California not sign into law uh, the ability of the sanctioning bodies, the accrediting bodies in the state, to sanction doctors for the terrible, terrible crime of disagreeing with standard treatment protocols. I would prefer the state of California not pass laws that not only said that if your parents are not gender affirming to your identity, uh, that you can be taken from your parents. And that this actually is true even if you are just visiting the state. If you're driving into California from Wisconsin, 
if you're driving into California from Alabama, and then all of a sudden your kid says, oh yeah, by the way, da -da -da, I'm, I'm a boy now. Uh, darling, put your dress back on and behave. Oh, no, no, you crossed the border into California, and now you must have your children taken from you. California's really prepared, at least legally, to take all your kids away from you, just FYI. But this idea, this notion that they've disrupted so many services from families seeking care, well, then maybe, just maybe, just spitballing here, Maybe these clinics and hospitals and private practices should be more focused on providing those different kinds of care instead of the chemical castrations and surgical mutilations of young people. It's just a thought. Again, I keep coming back to do no harm, and it keeps ringing in my head because I thought that was the premise for healthcare professionals doing their job. I thought that was... An oath, and now I know, I know, I know. We live in an age where an oath is more of a punchline to a joke for a lot of people than it is something that's meaningful. I mean, we already threw promises out the window a long time ago. So what good is an oath, which is supposed to be a super serious promise? What good is a covenant? All of these things are meaningless to the average person now, right? I keep saying sign of the times a lot today. Anyway, this particular letter that they sent, it claimed that medical professionals have faced increased threats via social media, which I'm sure they have, and that there was elevated and justifiable fear among families, patients, and staff. Again, I'm sure there is. I'm also sure that some of that fear among the families is, what exactly are you going to be doing to my kid, Doc? The patients? Hey, minor child here. Am I going to go in and just because I was a little boy that liked sparkly, shiny shoes, you're going to start trying to put me on female hormones and and tell folks that I need to change my name to something way less masculine? Going to try and pick them off at the first sign of a non-gender conforming behavior? And while we're on that topic, while we're on the topic, it's funny how educators and psychologists and physicians uh, that are promoting this type of activity, the transitioning, uh, especially pre-puberty transitioning, because it's a lot easier then, right? Uh, how they use as an excuse things that they claim don't matter. Now, so what if little Johnny likes playing with Barbies? He likes playing with G.I. Joe action figures, too. It's all the same to him. He's six. That was a reasonable argument. That's something I could buy into. Okay, you got a Raggedy Ann uh, doll and G.I. Joe, and they're hanging out, and all of a sudden there's bombing at the fresh French restaurant. Uh, probably terrorist. And, uh, okay, so you're playing with dolls and action figures. So what? Uh, little Jane is running around, and she decides she'd rather wear a pair of cowboy boots instead of the 
the neat little shiny slippers that uh, they bought for her. Now, these were things that you used to say were okay, didn't mean anything natural. And now you're trying to tell us this is your excuse to say that not only is this part of the gender norm, that there should be no gender norms, but seeing a uh, gendered individual from the opposite gender engaging in these non-gender norms actually means that it is a gender norm. You're just a different gender now. What? Excuse me? <sighs> Mine just blew up because your argument is so circular. I don't think you guys can keep it straight. How can you use a gender norm that you claim shouldn't be allowed as the basis for making your claim that you're a different gender? Just just asking. Anyway, back to this, because uh, this is really the angering point. Uh, quoting again, These coordinated attacks threaten federally protected rights to health care for patients and their families. Yet, yeah, no, they, they don't. These coordinated attacks, if they actually happen, are criminal regardless. You don't need any special attention. Now, if your actions have put more focus on you to the point that people are watching you, that people might be more likely to act, then maybe you need to increase your security. But uh, it's not a, a threat to federally protected rights, to health care. It's a threat to your ability to continue to profit by mutilating children. That's what this is. Man, I'm sorry. Back to quoting the letter. The attacks are rooted in an intentional campaign of disinformation. We all knew that word was going to make its way into the conversation, didn't we? Disinformation, where a few high-profile users on social media share false and misleading information targeting individual physicians in the hospitals, resulting in a rapid escalation of threats, harassment, and disruption of care across multiple jurisdictions. Our organizations have called on technology companies to do more to prevent this practice on digital platforms, and we now urge your office to take swift action to investigate and prosecute all organizations, individuals, and entities responsible. Again, they do want you to go after the folks that are making the threats. They do want you to go after anybody that actually takes violent action against all these folks. But they're not satisfied with that. They want you to go after the blaze. They want you to go after the Daily Wire. How dare you, Matt Walsh? How dare you speak the truth? Just unacceptable. They want them to go after Breitbart. They want them to go after the Daily Caller. They want them to go after Tap into the Truth. They want them to go after Southern Sense Talk Radio. They want them to go after the Ron Edwards American Experience. They want the DOJ to go after the Exceptional Conservative Network. They want them to go after the Global Patriot Radio Network. Uh, basically, if you're even the slightest bit conservative and you happen to have had the cojones to say, hey guys, you're hurting kids and you're doing it in the name of profit and profitability. You're doing it because you're able to get these kids on the hook for once you start these treatments, they have to stay on them for the rest of their lives. 
where, as you know, you know for a fact, because you are the professionals in this range, you've seen this, you've studied it, the numbers, the statistics have barely changed, no matter how many different research papers have been released, how many studies are conducted, very few, very few people that are actually legitimately suffering from gender confusion continue to suffer from it by the time they become an adult. Very few. And even a high percentage of those that remain by the time they turn 18 still are able to move past it by the time they're 25. Generally speaking, the only thing required to get past gender confusion, actual gender dysphoria, is completing puberty. That's usually all it takes. There's a ridiculously high number of children that begin the transitioning process before they're adults that regret it. Where the overwhelming majority of them at this point, as far as even the, the more left-leaning studies, claim that ah, it turns out they were really just gay and didn't know how to express it. But they're happy being gay, wish that they hadn't transitioned, or are happy that they didn't didn't give in to the pressure to transition. And the other side, the, the deep, dark, little, dirty secret that most people that legitimately suffer from gender dysphoria are folks that are typically sexually abused as young children. So getting them therapy and getting to the real root cause of what happened and possibly holding somebody criminally accountable for criminal actions, well, that just gets blown by the wayside with all this other bull. All oh, this bovine excrement. Yeah, they do not, they're not satisfied with going after the people that actually commit criminal acts. They want to go after all of us. The letter also claimed that the hospital staff and their communities have been shaken by outrage that's been generated as a result of them being put under the microscope. I want you to pay close attention to that. Because if you're doing something, that is a general good. Very rarely does being under the microscope hurt you. Very rarely does people paying attention to what you're doing cause outrage. Very rarely, if you're doing a genuine good, if you're actually helping people, is the reaction to more people noticing going to be anything other than you getting kudos and pat on the backs and, hey, good job and way to go and we're so glad you're on our side. You shouldn't have to run around and hide what you're doing. You shouldn't be worried that somebody suddenly reports the actual truth that you are doing a thing. Because if that thing that you're doing is a good thing, then nothing bad is going to come from that. If you're shaken by the outrage, maybe you should have been a little more outraged when this whole idea was first brought to your attention. When somebody said, hey, we know we take this oath to not do any harm, and we know that most kids that actually uh, have gender dysphoria, they outgrow it. They don't really need us to do anything physically, but we could make a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. If we just started, you know, adopting phrasing like gender affirming healthcare and and started children on these 
puberty blockers while they're young and, and then start pumping them up on hormones of the opposite sex of what they biologically are. And, you know, then once they're old enough, we can begin surgically mutilating them so they'll look more like what they're supposed to look like. And, you know, the good thing is for us is that once they get started down this road, they can't just turn back. There's no just, well, I'll just stop taking the treatment and I'm done. No, they're on the hook. They're on the hook. And worst case scenario for us is at some point they'll decide they want to reverse everything. And we make even more cheddar. More cheddar, cheddar. Putting these kids in harm's way so they can make money and still earn credit among the woke. It's disgusting, it's unprofessional, and worst of all, it is the exact opposite of what healthcare professionals are supposed to be about. And uh, this letter, <laughs> this request, this demand to the DOJ, go after all those people that are pointing out what we're doing. How dare they notice what we're doing? Sheesh. That's unbelievable. Let's take that mid-hour break before I blow completely past it and blow a gasket in the process. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. say this. The president has been very clear. You know, as you know, the president has been very clear, very clear, very, very clear. Uh, uh, uh. The president is doing what the president is your the president is. These are items that the president has been very clear on. End of quote. Repeat the line. Uh, uh, uh. And so the president has been very clear. The president has been very clear. I was going to put him in uh, foot. Me. The president's been very clear. Why? But the, the president, president has been, been very clear. clear. But is he going to specify exactly? No, but he has. The best way to get something done that uh, uh, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Uh, uh, Again, sensitive leftists are clutching their fake pearls over baseball traditions. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Baseball is a game of traditions. One of the more fun traditions requires rookie players to dress up in embarrassing costumes on their way to the final road trip of the regular season. Chickens, cheerleaders, etc. The theme of this year's Cleveland Guardians rookie dress-up day occurred following the team's three-game sweep of the Chicago White Sox on September 22nd shows 12 players wearing orange prison jumpsuits, each carrying a ball and chain. Two non-rookie players were dressed up as law enforcement officers, and the photo was captioned, quote, following tonight's contest, officers Hedges and Maley apprehended 12 of the most wanted rookies in baseball. More information to come, ladies and gentlemen. We got them. The post quickly caught the attention of NBC Sports Chicago, which described it as questionable. Many others in the leftist media, along with pearl-clutching fans, expressed whiny concern 
because some of the rookies wearing the orange prison suits were black and Hispanic. Oh, my. But I must ask the concerned fans and media gumps, where is that level of concern over the illegal nation-killing policies of the FBI brutality against law-abiding sovereign Americans? Hmm? I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. My name's Joe Biden. Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. I'm not being facetious, and I mean it. Not a joke, for real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. But all kidding aside, for real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight joker. I sure don't want to hurt no one. I keep forgetting I'm president. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Let's go, Brandon, indeed. We the people. Before we jump back into things, would like to remind you that if you happen to be planning on trying to bring a startup uh, to the forefront, trying to kick it off, or if you just recently uh, launched a startup and you're looking for more investors, well, steep declines in the public markets right now have sent venture capitalists running for the hills. But as the largest crowdfunding platform in terms of funds raised for the past two years, Start Engine is uniquely poised to step in and fill that gap. So I'm going to ask you to follow the link in the show description that will take you to check out what Start Engine has to offer as your solution to raising that capital for your startup or for expanding your recent startup. And with the recent tactical, strategic, exclusive partnership that they have just achieved 
with Indiegogo, they now are in a position to help you continue to raise money well past the startup phase. So uh, just follow that link and see what you can find out from there because I'm promising you it'll be worth at least checking it out. There is no doubt, no question there. All right, so we were discussing just a little while ago about how it is that the American Medical Association and some other folks want the Department of Justice to come after people like me. Also, people like, I don't know, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, uh, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, uh, people like Ann Ubellis, people like Don Smith, even though he's no longer doing the Don Smith show, which I already miss you guys a lot. They're still doing active stuff, but I miss the show, guys. Uh, if you or Brenda are listening, either one, Don, uh, you, you're perfect. You put in the time. You've earned the right to move on to other things. Just know that I miss you, and I know I'm not the only one. All right? So if you ever decide you want to come back on a more regular basis, come on back. Just let us know. We'll be there. Okay, anyway. Uh, also... Uh, whoever it is, if you're bringing attention to this issue, they want you shut down. And I was making the point that if you're doing an actual good, you don't have to hide from the attention. Meanwhile, you got pediatric gender clinics across the country, a lot of them in prominent children's hospitals, that are stripping their websites of information about the services provided to gender-identifying and gender-diverse children and adolescents. Basically, they no longer want you to be privy to the things that they're still going to be doing. They just don't want public consumption. They don't want it being public knowledge. They don't want you to know what it is they're actually doing to children in these places. Over this past summer, critics of Radical gender theory began turning their attention towards clinics providing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, and yes, also surgeries to minors who they believe are too young to understand, let alone consent to, their permanent impacts. Very permanent impacts of these treatments, especially once you get to the surgical mutilations. And, just by the way, for which there is no long-term evidence demonstrating that there, there have any efficacy whatsoever in fighting gender dysphoria. Since that point in time, as more and more children hospitals have been found out, they began the process of removing information about their gender-related services and the physicians who provide them. They claim in an effort to protect their staff and their people, to make their customers more safe. But again, if you're providing a positive, if you're doing a good, you know you don't have to hide. All you have to do is stand up and tell the truth. The truth does win out in these situations. Just have to, that's the reason why Ron DeSantis is cleaning the clocks of all these reporters that are trying to politicize the response to Hurricane Ivan. Ivan. I, that's my wife. I'm sorry. I got into an argument with my wife. Uh, she was calling it Ivan. I kept saying it's Ian. It's Hurricane Ian. 
it's not Ian. It starts with an I. I said, Ian starts with an I. She kept calling it I. So now, because I had to track down video coverage of the news to demonstrate her, she's like, huh, <laughs> I guess you were right again. But now after that conversation, now I want to call it Ivan because she's got in my head. Anyway, the politicization of the response by the state of Florida to Hurricane Ian. DeSantis wouldn't be near as good at his response and the swatting away these efforts to attack him if he didn't have the truth on his side and a good handle on the facts. So here's a good handle on the facts here. These people that are providing gender-affirming care, they know exactly what they're doing. They're ignoring the Hippocratic Oath, and they are trying to create a brand new cash cow and earn a little bit of cred in the world of virtue-signaling woke morons. Now, you say, well, why do you say it's a cash cow, Tim? I mean, I, I heard what you said earlier. But get this. The industry itself, the industry surrounding transgender surgeries, it's expected to reach $5 billion by the end of the decade. This according to a recent report from Grandview Research saying that the sector saw a $1.9 billion valuation last year and is forecast to expand at a compound annual growth rate of more than 11% through, a, uh, through 2030. Quoting here, said the rising incident, excuse me, the rising incidences of gender dysphoria, which actually that's not what's happening. This is trending trans. This is social contagion. This is, oh, it's cool to be trans. This is, oh, well, I'm white and I've got no other defense. They keep saying that I'm a depressor. What can I do to not be an oppressor anymore? I want to show that I'm an ally. I know I'll just become transgender now. So it's not an increasing number of people with incidences of gender dysphoria. I'd say that probably less than 10% of what we're seeing is genuine gender dysphoria. And yes, that is my learned medical opinion, which is at least as valid as a majority of people that are in a position to make decisions for the federal government at the moment. Anyway, back to quoting uh, the report, sorry. The rising incidences of gender dysphoria and the increased number of people opting for gender confirmation surgeries are expected to boost the growth during the forecast period, according to the analysis that was offered. Referring to a separate study from Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, the analysis claimed that 78% of transgender males, females that identify as males, experienced gender dysphoria by the age of seven. Now, you're following that now, right? This is before puberty has even started. This is a point in time where, oh, well, this little girl, this seven-year-old little girl, 
maybe likes Tonka trucks and cowboy boots. Maybe this seven-year-old girl is just a tomboy, a situation that often is outgrown at the onset of puberty. But uh, I'll, I'll continue here, uh, saying that 78% of these little girls experience gender dysphoria by the age of seven. So demand for gender-affirming operations what a gag every time I say that. It is so obviously euphemism. How euphemistic can you be? Let's ask a leftist. The gender-affirming operations, the demand for those, it's slated to accelerate in the coming years as hospitals resume non-emergency services, at least according to the Grand View Research. Many patients are likewise receiving consultations via telehealth, a phenomenon anticipated to have a beneficial impact on the growth of the market in the upcoming years. Do you hear this? The growth of the market? While insurance companies like Aetna and Unicare may cover some components of sex reassignment surgeries, including hysterectomies and uh, ovarianectomies. Grandview Research said that government support is also driving the market through Medicare coverage. So Joe Biden and company uh, is really helping to facilitate this. Of course, this report comes amid scrutiny of hospitals that provide transgender medical services to young people, particularly when they offer such services to children. I've mentioned Matt Walsh multiple times. Uh, for those of you who missed it, he did recently obtain footage showing a Vanderbilt doctor, yes, the Vanderbilt from Nashville, Tennessee, showing a Vanderbilt doctor emphasizing the money that such surgeries can bring in. Chest reconstruction surgeries, which can be performed on minors, can generate $40,000. And female to male bottom surgeries, that can produce $100,000. Another Vanderbilt doctor called religious objections problematic and said that medical professionals who refuse to perform such surgeries could face consequences. Gee, glad there's no veiled threats there, boys and girls. Now, the revelations have since garnered the attention of state and federal lawmakers. Well, gee, it's about time. The fact that children were being chemically castrated and surgically mutilated for this amount of time, that wasn't enough to get your attention. But finally, Matt Walsh shows you some hardcore evidence of actual footage of these people uh, explaining why the Hippocratic Oath is out the window. And now you want to pay attention. So welcome to the party, Marsha Blackburn. <clears throat> Just one of the senators who's now part of this. And I like Marsha. I don't want you to get the wrong impression. Generally speaking, I agree with her about 87% of the time. Uh, we do have a few disagreements here and there. But anyway, Marsha... Marsha Blackburn, Republican, Tennessee, wrote in a letter to the Food and Drug Administration 
saying, quote, using children for profit and political gain is deeply disturbing. Experts agree that there have not been enough clinical trials conducted to prove the safety and effectiveness of using these drugs on kids. These drugs have not been approved for treating children experiencing gender dysphoria, but the left insists on experimenting on these children anyway. Well, guess what? They're experimenting on all of us now. On the other hand, officials in left-leaning states, well, they're raising the ante. They're upping the intensity. They're intensifying laws regarding child gender transactions. I mentioned earlier, Governor Gavin Newsom of the great state of California, he just recently signed legislation banning health providers from aiding out-of-state attempts to stop a child from receiving gender transitions via puberty blockers cross-sex hormones, or those surgical mutilations. Quote, in California, we believe in equality and acceptance. This, of course, was Gavin Newsom, who thinks he's running for president. Newsom also said, as he was signing a message, quote, we believe that no one should be persecuted or prosecuted for getting the care they need, including <clears throat> gender-affirming care. I, I am throwing up a little in my mouth when I say this. It's really getting bad. Gender-affirming, gender-affirming. Uh, you're not affirming their gender. You're confusing their gender. Guys, again, uh, folks on the left, particularly politicians, really like saying one thing while they mean the complete and total opposite. They really like it. It's, it's like a game to them. They want to see if you can see through it. They want to see if you can call them out on it. But then they get really mad when you do. Anyway, back to the story. Some hospitals are extending their operations beyond male to female and female to male procedures. Uh, according to another investigation from the Daily Wire, they found out that at least 47 pediatric gender clinics across the United States have broadened the scope of their patient criteria to include children they describe in ways such as gender creative, gender diverse, or gender non-conforming. Uh, I'm sorry, non-conforming. Enunciation uh, is important. Some of these programs see children as young as two and three years old. Two and three years old. Now, there are a lot of studies that have been done on this, and most of them indicate that as many as 90% of young people who claim a transgender identity but are not encouraged to socially or medically transition well, they'll no longer call themselves transgender in adulthood. And, and that's really downplaying the truth. That is an effort to say point blank that, you know, we're just trying to be diplomatic when we say this. I think we're past the time of diplomacy, guys. I think we're to the time where we have to stand up and fight. You have to stand up and fight for the children, whether they're children that haven't been born yet or the children that have been born 
that are just going through a freaking phase. One that's fairly common. It does not mean that they are something other than their biological sex. It just means that they see something that they like. It doesn't mean there aren't other things that they would like more. In fact, that's generally in the past how most parents have dealt with it. Oh, a little boy wants to get the backpack with the butterfly on it. Well, you know, if you're talking about a six-year-old little boy, who doesn't like butterflies? I know a lot of adults that like butterflies. It's like, wow, that's really pretty. Doesn't mean that's the backpack that I would take to school with me. So what did parents do to deal with this in the past? They're like, well, hey, that's great, but let's see if we can find something you might like even more. And, oh, wow, look at this backpack with the pictures of space on it. Or look at this superhero. Or look at this, something that's a little more gender-conforming, I know. But if they like it more, then what's wrong with that? Guess what? Nothing. In fact, it's a pretty good thing because whether you like it or not, Kids are still going to have to worry about being bullied at school. Oh, we want to support you as you are creative in, in deciding your identity. Uh, how about you keep them from getting their backsides beaten down? Getting ostracized at a point in time when they're first learning to socialize. How about you actually parent for a change instead of being a moron? How about that? How about you stand up? like more and more of you are doing, and kudos to all of you who are, stand up to the state, stand up to the school board, stand up to whatever county group is breathing down your neck, stand up to the DOJ, and say in one voice, these are our children, not yours. We are the parents. We are the authority. You gain authority through us. We are governed by our willingness to be so. You govern through the permission of the governed. You govern through the consent of the governed. For those of you super learned, highly intelligent, college graduates with law degrees and years of experience, uh, in case you need some clarification, that means we decide what you can and can't do. We are the sovereigns. You work for us. Period. I recently heard the story of a young girl that's attending a local school uh, in a rural area here in East Tennessee that identifies as a cat. It's gotten to the point where the teachers do not want to raise any issues, so they play along. They've got to where they no longer call on the student in class because all she does is meow at them. And as long as she doesn't do anything that intentionally distracts and takes away from uh, the lessons for the other students, they just, they ignore her and let her do the stuff. As a parent, I'd be mortified. Because that means my child is out of control and just wants to get attention and wants to get out of doing the, the schoolwork. As a teacher, I'd be mortified that I was in a school system that would allow this kind of behavior. Because guess what? You are not doing the primary job of education. 
you're just putting them off to the side and hoping they'll eventually go away. And in the meanwhile, you're not preparing this young girl for that next level. You're not preparing this girl for what life is going to throw at her. So many people are failing this little girl right now, and I find it appalling. Not that the girl's doing it, because let's face facts, children will do all kinds of things for attention. Children will do all kinds of things that if they find people allow them to do it, they'll push it to the max. They'll test the boundaries, and if there are no boundaries given, they'll keep testing. That doesn't make this child a transspecist. It doesn't make this little girl actually a cat. She's still a human being. And until we start caring enough to correct these things and caring enough to stand up to those elected officials that are trying to push this stuff down our throats and say that when we speak up, we're the criminals, we're the violent ones. Well, until we do that, then we're letting everyone down too. That's where we're at now. Looks like I made it under the two-hour mark after all. No bonus stuff tonight. Going to leave things right there. In the meanwhile, as usual, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, uh, closing out with uh, a little extra music and a few little statements, but we'll go from there. Um, you know, hey, Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine.